0: So hey guys and welcome to the Curtis High podcast. Today I have a very special guest and if you know anything about me and if you've listened to previous podcast episodes you will know I am the single biggest fan of the SAS Who Dares Wins show. So I am delighted to today be joined by last year's winner James Priestley. Hello James how are you?
1: Yes I'm good thank you mate how are you?
0: I'm, I'm awesome and honestly very honoured to have you on the show today. Um, if it's okay with you, we're going to ask you lots of questions about the show. Uh, be as honest as you can. Um, yeah. I'm sure you will be. Um, but yes, yeah, so James has done... Pretty much my dream. Like I auditioned for the show, uh, obviously the year you were on it, uh, as well as I auditioned last year, and obviously that's now being aired right now. And didn't get in a second time, third time lucky. Hopefully, I have already sent my audition tape off this year. Uh, Definitely, but yeah. Let us know, James. What what happened with you? What did um, to talk me through the first your auditioning phase?
1: So, oh, Curtis, very similar to you, mate. I applied the year before, and I didn't get on. So um, I passed all the physicals. I'm not sure how far you got with yours, but obviously you go down to, so I'm in Yorkshire. You go down to uh, London, to uh, Camden, a uh, uh, girls out. school down there, yeah. I think, yeah. And um, you have to get to a certain point on the beep test, um, do a certain amount of press ups, certain amount of sit ups in a, in a period of time. And then there's a jerry can carry, which is 20 kg each. And you've got to walk a certain um, distance with that. And then you've got to lift certain weights up to a certain height. And then if you pass all that, which a lot of people don't, um, you then get invited to to get interviewed to see basically how um, interesting you are. If you've got a story or what like that. Um, And the first time I went, I didn't actually reveal as much as I wanted to so if you've got sort of a bit of a story sometimes you do sort of keep it a secret keep your, your cards close to your chest but um so the first time i didn't i didn't reveal too much about my history and stuff like that i'm not saying that's the reason but that could potentially have been a reason why i didn't fit in with that series maybe similar to yourself as well with, with regards to how much you reveal and and whatnot but um first time they told me, Yeah, sorry, you've you've not quite made it. So I thought, no worries, same as you as well. I'll just did apply you, next Did you actually year.
0: hear? Sorry, the button, did you hear back from them? And they told you no.
1: Oh, I did I don't think they did actually. no, no I guess I never said, heard. Yeah, if you don't if if you don't hear from us in two weeks, you're not in, sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, I didn't hear from them. Um, and then the year after applied again and it was all the same things, but it might have been a bit stricter, like um You had to do two more, I think, two more levels on the beep test. And maybe the time was a little bit shorter. So I think they keep making it tougher and tougher each year, which is good because then they can do harder and harder things and know that people are going to be able to endure it, don't they? Mm -hmm. So second time went through it and I just thought, you know what? It was weak of me before to either be embarrassed or to keep my history as a secret because somebody else might be thinking the same and going, you know, I don't want to talk about it sort of thing. See somebody else talk about it and go, actually, it's good just to just to air out all your dirty laundry. No. So in this one, because I convinced myself last time, it must have been the way in which um, I'd not disclosed certain things. I just laid it all out there. And, um, yeah, they, they called me back, I think, a week later to say, you could come down for a second fitness test. Um, so you go down for a second fitness test and then if you pass that, um, which was, uh, you had to, this is where you're hooked up to all the medical stuff. So you've yeah. got a pipe in your, in your mouth and you're on a bike and the bike will not stop getting harder. So it's yeah. basically just you stop when you can't pedal anymore. Um, and then the system, the computer it's attached to obviously tells you what level you've got to. And Everybody, you know, gets to a certain level or whatnot. And I had a massive, because they they send you the boots out as well, you see. So they send you some boots out and say, wear these in. And there's around, I don't know, 40 people that get sent all of this. It's whittled down to 40. And then they've got to get 22, I think, maybe, or 25 last year, I can't remember, out of the 40. But you've got to wear these boots in. And when I was wearing them in, you get a bit excited and you just go like the furthest distance you can go. So I had really bad blisters that got infected on my right foot. So when, when we went for this training session um, I was so happy it was on a bike so that it wasn't rubbing because honestly I couldn't walk very well, but then just after you'd given it your all on this bike, they take you to a treadmill and go, yeah, this will keep getting faster and the incline will keep going up. You just step off to the side when you can't go anymore. And then, um, so you, so I was like, oh my god, total mind over matter because just walking was painful, and I'd given it my all on this um, bike as well. So you do that, and then you, you know, with the pipes and everything, you jump off, and then you go for a, um, like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a therapy, like session yeah. where they test test whether you're going to be mentally stable to be able to take. On board, because it's not just the direct things, which is you're going to be abused, you know, um, physically and mentally, you're going to be abused. You, you're not going to have any food, you're not going to have any sleep. Are you, are you okay with that? It's not just that; it's the fact that you're going to be on television, where there's going to be thousands of people, you know, watching you. Mm, so they've got to, you know, test whether you're going to be okay with that. Once you've done that, they then left it a very long time. So probably about a month you know before speaking to you they just said we'll we'll contact you at the next stage called you a week before so it was probably back end of september they said next week a taxi is going to come and pick you up and they're going to take you to the airport don't don't ask any questions just here's a list of stuff that you need to bring that's it and so you've got no idea where you're going um And it's all sort of very last minute, but that's what's the exciting thing about it as well. So on the day the um, black taxi arrives outside my place in Leeds, Uh, you get in and uh, the the taxi driver says, don't ask me where we're going. I've been giving strict instruction not to speak to you. So don't ask me where we're going. Okay, cool. So we end up going to Manchester Airport. um, And, you know, obviously they don't want you to know where, which terminal or anything you go into, so that you can, you know, be on your phone looking at which flights are going on that day, or that time. Yeah. Well, the second you arrive in the airport, there's a, a woman. They're all really nice from Minor Films. Takes your phone off you, takes all your things off you. Says, switch it off, and then pass it to me. Don't speak to any of these people here. Um here's your here's your flight ticket. I'm gonna send you off now. Ten minutes later, I'll send the others and this, this, and this. And then you're in the queue together. You can't speak to each other, but we we'll go on this like single propeller like aeroplane and it's like it's then you see that all oh, right we're off to scotland <laughs> wow. all the previous ones you know i'll go to all these tropical places and yeah. up in the mountains in the snow and it's like oh you're going to be flying for about two hours to scotland Oh, lovely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah gets gets to inverness and then it's another three hours and um, from there and you're up and then before you know it they're waking you up at 2 a.m um in the dislike B and B that we were in everybody up banging on everybody's doors, get your stuff. Let's go. So we all go onto these and it's freezing, absolutely freezing. Um, get onto the ribs, you know, and it's pitch black. And so we're on that and they're just brain it down this, this, um, lake. And then it starts getting light. Cause we must've been on there for about two or three hours. Absolutely freezing it starts getting light. We pick up, um, Foxy and Ollie, um, and uh, Foxy, Ollie and Billy, they jump on and that's when you know it's serious. So we're yeah. all sat there. And um, Ollie, Ollie just goes to, this to, uh, I think it was Kimmy, um, he goes, what the fuck are you smiling at? And she was like, oh, nothing. And he says, you fucking smile when I tell you to fucking smile. And that's when everybody was just facing forward like shit, right, it's on now. And then we pulled up and they said, right, we're going to pull up um, 200 metres from shore. You'll see Ant on the other side. Um, we're going to keep on going and we're just going to push you in one by one. So it's just honestly from wow. zero to 100 from there. But um, yeah, so that's sort of the application process right up until the first hour, really.
0: Amazing. That sounds awesome. So with, with yeah. regards, what, one thing you mentioned there was the food. And that was one of the questions I had. Like, what Do you get food breaks? Because you never see that part of the show.
1: You do, yeah. So um, every morning at about 7, I think it is, is where you go into the canteen with your your tray. So you've all got to look after your own stuff, your own tray and cutlery and whatever, and it's got to be on your bag all the time. And what you normally get is one, um, like, uh, one spoonful of porridge. Wow. And it's just, it's just dry. It's like... Um, it's, it's just taste of nothing. So what everybody did was we had salt on the tables. So everybody was just salt in the porridge. So it actually tasted of something. Yeah. But what, what happened to me, honestly, I'm not joking, Curtis, about three times, I proper lost my head because I went with the with the salt shaker to put salt in and the lid came off and it all oh, just went... Oh, in. no. So I was like, fucking hell, I was taking the lid off and not putting it oh, back on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so you get that and then at lunchtime, they usually bring you um, some sarnies, and then at dinner, um, you have um, dry—not dry pasta, sorry—just like no um, uh, no sauce or anything. It's just cooked pasta yeah. um, with like fruit. So it's just like oh, sometimes you got chicken breast, which was good. Well, th- that's it then. Wow. Um, but it, you know in between that you just you're all over the place but one thing they didn't show you on it was one day and um, i think it was like day nine or something um they'd killed a deer and they taught us how to cut it up to pieces wow. and they said we're not actually going to feed you today you're gonna have to cook this deer and that'll be your lunch and dinner and you know what it was awesome um so we cut it all up, and we and you know it was really good. Was that that's was probably the most we ate ever. Wow, yeah. When uh, we cut up this deer, but it didn't show you it. But um, yeah, so food wise, oh, uh, just just before your next question, on the last the last day, sorry, second to last day or third to last day, when you go on the run, they give you a tin of chickpeas, and you've got that in your in your Bergen, and they say when you go on the run, you're gonna. If you do well, you'll be on the run for twenty-four hours. Make sure you ration those chickpeas because that's all you've got. So yes. That's all we had on that day, um where you're constantly moving, going through water, just constantly moving, and you've got a tin of chickpeas and that's it. So again, is it's that a just before you thing, get caught like, as well. Is it what?
0: Is that the part just before they kind of capture you and then you do the that's interrogation? It. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you've got a map, you've got to navigate. You're going in the water and everything, and. Um, but then they know exactly where you are all the time so they know that when you're on the face of a hill and you're wet through because you've just been in one of the lakes they'll send these guys the hunter force so that as soon as you start sort of relaxing a bit and you start walking these guys will come round and start firing in blanks with balaclavas on saying get here so you've got to start running again so you are never you're never stopping ever wow. and you, like I say you just got this tin of chickpeas so yeah that part of it was yeah. tough like
0: so, so one thing I was doing when the the show first aired is the few people who I'd followed. Some of them were going like live stream on Instagram afterwards, and like right. they were talking about that episode. And and very often they'd say, "Oh my god, they didn't show this, didn't show that." So, was there anything on the show like that you were a little bit disappointed they didn't show, or anything in, like you can share that wasn't shown?
1: Yeah, not not disappointed or anything um, with the stuff they didn't show because. I think they've got to squeeze every hour into a minute. So I get it. Not everything can be shown. It's good. You know, it's TV at the end of the day. So they've got to do what they've got to do. But we did a helicopter picked us up one day and we abseiled out of the helicopter into a moving boat. Wow. Um, That was pretty cool. And they weren't able to show that. Um, I don't know why. um, Because that was, well, well, I suppose it wasn't really a hard task. It was more of a cool thing to do. Um, so maybe that's why, but yeah, there was, there was that they didn't show. Um, we actually had a massive tug of war one day. Yeah. My team lost. And so we had to we had to make our own den in the woods and we had to sleep in there for one night. Oh, it was wow. absolutely terrible because oh. it's Scotland. So it's just absolutely pissing it down 24-7. Yeah. And we had to build a fire, make a fire and keep it going with what we could find. So wow. as soon as the fire starts going down, you can't even enjoy it for a minute because you've got to stand up and go walking through the rain again, um, finding twigs and stuff and try and find something dry, which was impossible to get it going. And they came and got us at seven o'clock the next morning. And none of us slept because we just made this den into like a, a bit of a dip of mud with some like branches over it. It was absolutely crap was this huh. den that we made. Um, but they didn't. They didn't show that either. But it was all. It was all good. And there'll be a reason why they don't put it on. Maybe it won't. The The footage they got. Maybe might not have been that great. Or you know, could yeah. be a few things
0: really. That's interesting. like you say, the, the thing is, the viewer sees it from what they show. And that like, there's so many people out there. And like you say, everybody says, oh, you know, I, I'm sure I could have done that. I sure I could have done that. What they haven't seen is, like you say, that early wake up in the morning, you just being chucked on something. And when those yeah. lads, the two it was like two of them who quit literally after being chucked in the sea, wasn't there? That's so right. for, for the viewer, that looks like you've just got on a boat. You've been told what like we're filming now and they literally quit at stage one. But really, they've already had no sleep that night. Uh, you know probably freezing cold for two three hours on a boat there's a a lot obviously that you don't see which is um like you say not just the body wise but mind that plays with your mind a lot as well don't it
1: yeah absolutely and you've hit a nail on the head there so i think the mind aspect of it is the toughest thing of the entire program so the physical things your body will do and these guys are expecting The top three, like fittest people, they're not just going to push them through, you know. It's who are at the front all front all the time. It's the people who walk quit. So I don't want to take anything from the two lads who quit, you know, within the first hour.
0: Yeah.
1: But I I guarantee it won't have had much to do with the physical aspect of it. It will be their mind telling them we don't want to do this. Yeah. You know, we we've seen this program. It looked cool. Actually, now we're here. I don't want to do this. That's, what, that's why they will have thrown the badge in. It, uh-huh. it won't have been much to do with the fact that, you know, it was quite physical coming off the boat and having to swim, you know, in all your clothes. It's all heavy weighing you down. Yeah, I don't think it'll have been much to do with that. It's the fact that when you get to the beach and you get beasted on the beach and then they tell you to get down to your boxes and your brown knickers and say, we're now going to start going up this mountain and you've got to crawl over these thorns and stuff like that. I think just a few people, Go lock into it, become someone tough, and just go right. Let's do it. And some other people, their mind is telling them obviously, listen, we don't want to do this. Oh. So let us go. And they just, you know, that's what happens. So the mental aspect of it, I think, is is tougher than the physical, definitely. Cool,
0: definitely. That's definitely a part. Like uh, like you say, with with myself, I'm obviously a personal trainer. I do a lot of training. I watch every every show, every episode. And yeah, yeah. you kind of feel like you you can train a certain aspect of it, but there's definitely that part of, like, like you say, all the things they throw at you, unexpected stuff, that is the mental part that I've always thought is, you know, the bit you have to overcome. Yeah. One one thing I wanted to ask you is because I noticed on your Instagram, you do a couple of like the uh, sea dips and the ice, like jumping in lakes and stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's something I started doing over literally since I started training for the the season you were on. I thought, you know, that's probably something they're going to do. I'm going to start doing some ice baths and and stuff like that. So I I live on Lowestoft, which is the very easterly point of England, which we're lucky to have a beach um and i've been now almost well actually over a year i've been getting in the sea every single saturday and just sort of bearing you know as best i can but what i wanted to ask you is
1: like how cold was the sea when you're doing those challenges oh my god it was absolutely terrible Mm. so that that is you'll know obviously going in the ocean over here it's got to be freezing that is total mental power like it is so cold and they the thing is, when you see everybody around you, it's difficult by yourself. I don't know if you're training by yourself when you go into the cold water, but if you're with someone, it's so much easier yeah. because you're getting in together, you're doing it together. It's like the pain is shared, sort of. When, you, when you're there and you're alone with your own mind, when you're training for it, which is what I was doing, which is what you've been doing, it is, it's, it's hard. But yeah, up there, the thing is, you kind of almost get used to it because from day one, you just wet through constantly. Yeah. You are never dry. Almost, almost like um, it's second nature to just be doing this with your hands, and you you forget that you're doing it, you know, because you're just you're so cold all the time. Wow. Um The water was absolutely freezing, but um, it's it's cold everywhere, isn't it? It's it's um it's difficult to explain how cold it is, but I will tell you one thing that they missed out. And I hope this doesn't come across like maybe she didn't want people to know, but it's just a story to tell basically. But it's no disrespect to this girl, but um, there was a girl on it who we had just finished our first or our second, oh no, it was the first, um, uh, Sikna.
0: Yeah.
1: And basically we had to all, all uh, link arms and go into the ocean, absolutely freezing, turn around and stay calm. But then after sort of um, four and a half minutes of, of being in there, they say, right, everybody out and chuck somebody on your shoulders and come up the, the side of this mountain, which was unbelievably steep. Up it, down, up it, down. And we know from watching the program, they do that until three or four people quit, Yeah. which eventually happened, right? But then they play tricks on you constantly. So four people quit and they said, right, stop line up on the beach so we're lined up on the beach we'd 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 got into they said get into your dry clothes which again is not even that dry get into your dry clothes put your wet clothes on that line up on the beach now turn around do you see the boat out there and it must have been about 400 meters out right that's your extraction so face the way in which you're going to be walking so now we're all thinking oh great we're now dry gear we're all going to be going into the ocean now um right take one step forward so we all took one take two and they were playing the trick and this one girl said no i'm done i cannot go in that water again so she took a she took a number off she said i am cold to my bones i cannot go in that water again i'm sorry handed a number in and then aunt said extraction has been compromised everybody turn around go to the land rovers So it was just a trick, you know, to to see who was gonna break. And she was left on the beach when we all went to the Land Rovers, and she she'd quit when because she thought we were going back in, and we weren't. Um, So yeah, hopefully that'll be a bit of sort of evidence to show that it was so cold, people threw in their numbers because they didn't want to go back in the water again. Wow, yeah, well, only from experience
0: I can quite imagine that. And like you say, I've been trying to do sort of three to five minutes at a time in there. But like, especially in sort of January, February is absolutely awful. And it's a hard thing to do. Whereas now... You know, uh, this sort of time, if I had to, I could probably do a good twenty minutes stint in there uh, at a push. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not comfortable at all, and whilst I'm doing, I'm hating every second of it. But it's that buzz you get afterwards. <laughs> it's just a, a good yeah. feeling and like good training. And my dad does it with me as well, and he's sixty-two. Oh, nice. So honestly, he's a machine. It's, it's awesome no way, that's awesome to do. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, another thing I wanted to ask was the DSs. Is there anyone who stands out as particularly nice or anyone who's really horrible on the show? The thing you said about Ollie a little while ago sounded a little bit harsh.
1: Yeah, so they've all got to... They're all there for a purpose. And for the first three days, maybe even the first four days, they are equally very horrible, nasty people. Um, but then, rightfully so they start showing you a little bit more respect. Each day that goes by and more people start filtering away, they show you more and more respect and give you a bit more into their personality. And the fact of the matter is they're not horrible people at all. You know, they're just wanting to bring something out of you. So that, that's what it is. Um, so to, to describe them all, I think to be one of those soldiers in the SES, you have to have that perfect combination of, intellect, and savagery, to be able to switch either of those things on in the highest moments. Um, And that's what each of them had. They knew exactly what to do. You listened to them, you you focused, even when you had nothing left, all your energy was focused on listening what they had to say. But one thing about Ant, and Ant being a leader, is he was obviously the smallest stature. You know, he's, he's a short guy. But he commanded the most respect.
0: Wow, he just
1: yeah. led with absolute admiration. When he walked on, everybody was silent. Everybody was hanging on his every word. The way he would deliver instructions or a bollocking or a bit of inspiration, bit of motivation, it would just give you goosebumps every time. Wow, like he is yeah. really surgical. You would follow him anywhere. You know that's <laughs> the caliber of guy that you're dealing with. Um, but obviously at the end, and then at the end, you know, they tell the cameras, so the cameras come and, you know, they do the thing and, and you, you shake hands with them and a bit of a cuddle with them and then they'd send the cameras off and they say, right, boys, bring it in. And that's when they come in for a proper cuddle and a kiss, which is such a powerful thing, you know, oh, from yeah. Amazing. just that, that stereotype of, you know, brute force men. You know, you might have a bit of a power hug now and again and stuff like that, but the the power and sort of of that moment and respect, where each and one of them give you a held on to you for a while and hugged you, then give you a kiss on the cheek, and then and you just think, wow, you've just spent twelve days, thirteen days or whatever with these guys abusing you, and for yeah. something like this then to happen is just um is unbelievable. But that's the type of people they are. You know that they, they are, are all great, very lovely job. people. Amazing. And switch it on, you know, when they need to. Well, one of the
0: people who always stands out to me, and he's never really spoke about, um, but funnily enough, one of my best friends is actually knows him because he used to serve in the army, and that is the inter- the bald interrogator. I, I can't remember his name. Is it? Or oh yeah. Something like that? So him. Well, was it? Do you know his name? I, we we didn't get told, told his name. but I can't remember his name. My, my friend would know. Obviously, he served. He was um, their boxing coach in the in the army. And right. he said, he is the single most scary man he has ever met. They used to call him something out of a horror movie. And he said, he's got all yeah. wonky teeth. He said, you just he has so much authority. And he said, I feel sorry for them recruits that have got to bear with him.
1: So oh, what was I, he like? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, the, I didn't have him. And the reason why I didn't is because, well, well just from watching the program back, is because the umpire had said, which is probably right, you know, I would feel comfortable with somebody shouting at me. I would know exactly what to do. I would either go one way and go, I would pretend to be scared and say, you're scaring me, I can't think, you're stressing me out. You know, you're asking me these questions, you're shouting at me. Or I would go the other way and I would just sort of give them the inf- little bits of information that we were taught to do. Yeah. So what the umpire said was, um, when they were talking about all of us, they said, yeah, um, Get, get, I've forgotten his name as well, but the tall, bald guy said, get him on Chris because Chris has got a bit of a temper right. and he will bring something out of him, which they almost did, didn't they? No, but definitely. Chris, Chris held his own, which was good. Whereas they said to me, which was so perfect as well with my personality, they said, if you send someone in to try and shout at him, he will just laugh, which I wouldn't have done, but they said, he will just laugh at you. He will take it in his stride. Sending Liz and you know what it worked because I was really uneasy around her oh, bet, so yeah. she was very lovely like I was just like you know there's a reason why she's being so nice but I can not mirror that you, yeah. you have to be sort of nice back and it was it was very uncomfortable being sat opposite her because you're trying to remember the lies, you know, the story. Yeah, yeah. You're not trying to look stupid. Uh, and she, because she's being nice, it's very uneasy. Whereas, um, so I, I, only, I only met the bald guy when, um, when we had all finished and all the interrogators come in afterwards as well as the umpire. And they said, don't worry guys, we've switched all the cameras off. This is us now. We just don't want you to think that we're dickheads. You know, we've got a job to do. We've got a job to do to extract information from people. So they all came in. And that was another very powerful moment because we were hugging them all. And they were saying, well done and laughing and saying, you know, I almost got you and bits and bobs like this. And it was just just unbelievable. that Again, I think people perceive things on TV like these people through and through. And, and nasty people or whatever, whereas they're not everybody's got a persona, you know and they, they have got a job to do and they, they switch it on. Um, so I mean luckily because he probably would have got right in my face and shouted at me. luckily I didn't I didn't have to speak to him. He wasn't in my interrogation. I had unluckily I had Liz who um, yeah c- could have honestly they know they know how to read people because those interrogators, they work in real life, you know, wh- when they capture people, they bring those interrogators oh, yeah. in and they suss them out. So they say, right, this type of character from bringing him in, um, he won't do well with aggression. So I'll send in Liz, you know, because if you be aggressive to this person, they'll just laugh. They-, they won't be bothered at all. send in Liz and she will extract what she needs really cleverly by wow. like, ju- just su- getting into your subconscious and, coming at your flank sort of thing, you know, so, um, yeah, I I did have Jay, though, the the other guy, um, who I would imagine why, because he tried testing me, but I was very cool about it, so he was, like, asking me questions about my tattoos and stuff, um, because you've got to get naked in front of him, and then they put you in a jumpsuit, because it's that form of humiliation that also breaks you down, makes you feel vulnerable, you know, um, so that you won't remember your story and it's to mentally break you down so that you make a mistake yeah. but um but yeah he, he um he was kind of aggressive but then was was okay and then after that I was just with Liz and it was the worst thing ever because yeah, yeah. I was very uneasy around Liz
0: well the, the man you're talking about funny enough was with battle is a Fuel who's Ollie's like on his mm-hmm. group. well i went to yep. body power and they were all there there was a few of them there and there was rick stevens from season before yourself and oh, there's yeah. a, yeah, there a few good people there but that interrogator you're talking about his presence i was sitting there thinking god he's the one he's the man and he, he he's a big man isn't he? he's, he's a lot bigger yeah. than i imagined him to be and i was like god he's even scary to look at and i was like god yeah just get a little sense of what he's like <laughs> so the him it. in your face i dread to think what that's like
1: Oh yeah honestly it works you've got the intimidator but then you've got like the the comfort the comfort woman it's top total opposite ends of the scales the intimidator will break people down and they will you know start start spilling the beans whereas yeah when, when she comes in very cleverly very softly that also leaves you a bit vulnerable as well so oh, yeah but he's, he's a big lad that guy yeah. yeah.
0: So one big question I wanted to ask you, which is very personal, to be honest, and that is what would have made you quit? You know, I know it's very easy to say nothing I'm the strongest guy, but would, you know, for instance, if I said do a thousand press-ups, realistically, you're not going to be able to do that. But is there anything you think, you know, was there any time you were quite close?
1: There was no time I was close to quitting, no. um, I, I never feared for my health or anything like that. You just have it in your mind, that it's going to end you know so yeah. that's the only comfort you have that eventually this will end um so it, I, I can't i'd like to be able to tell you oh there will there's a point in which i thought i don't know if i can do this but i suppose that's what sort of pushes you through it never crossed my mind ever awesome that um, i couldn't get through a day but thinking about it the only thing that would um, would be if they were hurting... You know when they got rid of them all, Jay? Yeah. If they were hurting other people because I made a mistake and I could see that it was hurting them, whatever was happening, would probably be then that I would have to... To save them, I would probably give them my badge. Wow, I'd give yeah. them the number then. Um, if, if they were hurting somebody else. But otherwise... Like I was, we were saying to Chris, I don't want to be too big-headed about it because we were obviously destroyed, but we we would have gone, we would have gone a few more days, you know, yeah. um, because at the end, one thing they didn't, another thing they didn't show you, which I forgot, was when you come out of the drown proofing, yeah, and then um, they're over a hill, and then they say, right, n- number one, number twenty-five, whatever come to us. So you, so you jog up to him, your boots are full of water. You, you're absolutely done in. They said, right, there's a mountain there and it was massive. And Ant said, it took me three and a half hours to go up one side and three and a half hours to come down the other side in trainers. So I'll give you guys an extra half hour cause you're in boots. So I'll give you seven and a half hours to get up and over that and come back down the other side. If you are seven hours and 31 minutes, you have failed this course. So um, are you, uh, does anybody want to quit? And we both said, no, let's do it. Let's go for it. And that's when he said, I'm glad you said that because it's actually the end of the course now. Oh, wow. Uh, so it was another trick so that if one of us was to go, listen, I cannot take this anymore. It would have whittled it down to one, but how gutting would that have been if they didn't actually have to do it? Oh no, yeah. So, um, so if, they, if they wanted us to go up that mountain, you know, and we would have done it. Definitely. I mean, the likelihood is we might have passed out eventually, but, um, yeah, I think we're both, we that strong-willed that we thought, if there's gonna be, if there's got to be one winner, I know that we were both thinking the same thing, like, it's going to be me. Yeah, awesome. He, he was thinking it's going to be him, I was thinking it's going to be me, so we're just going to keep going until one of us sort of passes out. Um Definitely. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that answers it with regards to you Oh know, definitely. That's
0: that I think that's the mindset you have to have to even, you know, get anywhere on that show. And um, one part of that drown proof and always I reminded me of is when uh, you're sitting there shivering and then an it says to you, you're cold, and you're like, No. Nope. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> I know, because he would have said something like, run up that hill then yeah. and get yourself warm. It's like, nah, I'll just stand here shivering, I'm all right, cheers. Awesome. But um, that's a, that's a big mental attack on your, on your nerves, you know, because you've got to really power up. So you're obviously you're in that pole that is absolutely freezing because you're halfway up the mountain and it's a waterfall that's feeding into this pole. that's really deep and you've got to pretend. So the, the reason behind it is if you get kidnapped and you're in the SAS and you're on one of these ribs and you can kind of figure out and you're, you're, um, You've got a ball. You've got a bag over your head, or like that. If you can f- kind of figure out that you're close to shore, or you can save yourself, roll off the back. And if you can blow out all the air and reach the bottom and keep coming up, it's anti drown proofing because you, your hands are tied and everything, wow. um, you can breathe and then go back down and then breathe and then go back down. But um, because you're that exhausted, every press that you do takes you know, the energy that you don't even have out of you. But also you've got to take a deep breath when the cold is pressing in on your lungs anyway, because it's so cold, the water. Take a deep breath and then release as you're going down and sort of to get to the bottom. Because if you you run out of air before you get to the bottom and you try and get back up, you're not going to have enough momentum. So yeah, you have to do that 17 times to pass it, which is a really long time. Yeah. Um, and that is just a massive attack on the mental aspect of it because, um, like Chris was saying afterwards, um, he wasn't sure when it was going to end. Ne- neither yeah. was I. I just thought I've got to keep going unless I actually drowned here because, you know, once you get past 10, that's a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the mental aspect of that was, was really tough, thinking how, much, how many more of these up and downs are we going to have to do?
0: Did you manage to pass that one? Because I can always remember, did, because they didn't really show much of like that part, did they?
1: Yeah, so I was the only one that passed that part, oh, wow. um, which was good. Chris, I think, got cramp, so he was doing really well. But because you're not getting enough food, you're not getting enough water and stuff like that, um, it's quite easy to get cramp. And I think yeah. he got cramp at one point, and then they had to pull him out. But because he was miles fitter than me, and he had been you know, at the front of the course for the entirety and, and said to him, listen, it's a good job, you've done so well. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that was your like sort of second fuck up sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because, uh, w- well, the only one I did fail was where you had to shoot, where you, you, you had to not shoot yeah, the, that's right. uh, the ally. And that, that was the only um, task I failed. Wow. Um, so, which, which is tough, you know, when they're doing it all. But yeah, it's um, th- that one goes on for a lot longer than you think, as well. You know, the drown proof, and we were there for ages, you know, doing it. So, uh, so yeah. One
0: last sort of question, really, is uh, like once you win, once you are actually the winner, like you said, you give you the hugs and everything, what happens then? Is that do they get in touch with you after the show, or is that do they kind of just leave you on your way, or is there a sort of off board and process?
1: No, yeah, there, it, to be honest with you it was just a sort of, so, so they said, we'll, you know, we hugged it out and everything. And then they said, we'll walk down together. We'll walk down this hill together. And then you have a a good chat with each other. Um, and then, yeah, they they all go off. You have another bit of a hug. They all go off. Other people come round to look after you from a health and safety point of view. So they were giving us bags of sweets and stuff to get our blood sugar back up, which was awesome. You know, first sweets we've seen in a couple of weeks. Um, and then they just get you in the back of the lander and you go for a debrief. We, we actually never saw him again. Wow. Because two days later, the celebrity one was coming. Yeah. So they only had two days rest and then they're, they're back on it again where Katie Price and Joey Essex on that one. Yeah. They were all coming two days after. So we go for a debrief with the psychiatrist and they make sure that we haven't been you know, traumatized too much. And uh, I'll never forget it the woman who took our phones, you know, to start with, she brought our phones, which again was amazing. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to be able to call somebody now. And then she said, now what do you want to eat? You can have anything you want. Wow. And I was looking at Chris, yeah, thinking, oh my God. I said, have you got some fish and chips? And she says, yeah, we'll get some fish and chips. I was like, honestly, nearly broke down (laughs) at that. And he was like, I'll have the same. And when they brought this plate, I couldn't finish it. Like it was... Because your stomach has shrunk and you've lost yeah. so much weight. You're only used to eating so much. I couldn't finish it. But um, yeah, and then you you, uh, you get all your sort of injuries sown too because um, all your cuts get infected. Yeah. Because you, your body is trying to look after the vital organs. Whenever you get a cut, and um, the uh, some Deep, the, the doctor as well, he said this before we all went on. He said, look after your cuts because they are going to get um infected. 100% they're going to get infected because your body will be looking after your organs. It won't be looking after your skin because yeah. you're dehydrated, malnourished, and you've lack of sleep. It'll just look after your organs. And so your hands are, are throbbing and swollen because of all the cuts and stuff. But um, I could not turn the shower down enough And I said this to Chris as well in this B and B that we stayed in. The first warm shower we got in, it hurt. It hurt your skin because it was just, just too warm. Your skin wasn't used to it at all. Really, you haven't had warm water in it. You know, a couple of weeks. All you've known because you don't get showers there. You don't get anything. The only time you sort of get the mud off of you is when you're going into the ocean. Yeah. Or you know, that's the only time really. So you couldn't. I got. I put it to the lowest setting because it was burning me, and I had to. But it. It must not have been that hot at all. But you've got to ease your way into the shower. Wow. But, um, and the bed you get in is just so comfortable. <laughs> it, it's too comfy. Like wow. you're, you're so comfy. You're excited about how comfy. you are. you can't sleep? <laughs> it's a mental thing to, to think wow. about. But, um, that's what happened. Yeah, and then you sort of you get put on the uh, on the um, on the flight back. Um, we, we were we met up with Kimmy and um, Cara. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, Cara it was. Yeah, um, because they had both had to stay in hospital because of what had happened to their legs. Jeez. so uh, their legs were swollen to like twice the size wow you'll probably know what had happened i will not show sure what had happened but must have been like the fluid or something had got oh, trapped probably. yeah sounds like and we had to so we flew back with them yeah and that was it
0: well another person who was on your show uh is her name donna was it donna yeah uh, the frizzy head one well she was in my group of 10 for the auditions really and uh that's what i was going to say to you because um in my group of 10 only three of us i was one of them managed to pass all the all the challenges um i think she failed on the carry one and and one of the other ones as well um so when like that we got through to the next part there was five of us who then got asked to go through to the um speaking to the obviously camera crew and she was one of them there, and I thought, hang on a minute, she didn't pass the last two, and I didn't really get it. And then when I see her on the show, I was like, hang on a minute, maybe they didn't want oh. us to pass. But
1: when, <laughs> when you
0: sort of said you passed, then obviously, yeah, that's obviously a thing
1: that, that's very nice. That's the thing. Um, if there's someone there with a story, or um, for diversity, let's say, yeah. the likelihood is they're going to get through before somebody else who might not have a story. Definitely. who can quite capably do that course from start to finish Yeah, it makes because sense. it's a TV programme at the end of the day isn't it so Definitely. maybe that's so, why I would say have, to-
0: have you been watching the new ser- series obviously there's only been yeah. one episode so far is there anyone who stands up to you at the moment as a winner what I like to do at the start I get the picture of them all I send it to my friend and we always circle who we think's the best and oh, who we man. think's going to drop out so we both circled. We said we circled two for the best. I circled the firefighter who left, so I was no good there. And I also circled the mole. So I obviously could see that he was decent. And, um, and the ones who I crossed out there have already left. So I had not bad sort of guess that, that year. But what about yourself? Have you, Anyone stands out?
1: I'm thinking the Irish dancer. Yes. And um, the blonde girl with the tattoos.
0: Definitely, yeah. She looks She's very strong. strong. The 200 kilo deadlift girl.
1: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Quite strong. Um, so I I bet they'll, because if they've got something a bit more about them and something to prove, that's, what's going to take them to the end. Definitely. um, I think anyway, but um, I'm guessing I was circled last year. Yeah. When you did this. Of course, mate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, When it it first aired last year, I was just gutted that I weren't part of it to be honest. I didn't even send the picture out. I was like, Oh God. (laughs) It's always good to sort of have a little guess. Um, The other thing I was going to say, have you got any final advice for anyone like myself who is training, obviously, to get on the show, to get selected? What sort of training things would you suggest would be a good thing to start implementing that will help you on the show?
1: So everything you see in the show. So I know that you love the show and everything just like I do. I watched it religiously every single week and I noted down and saw things that I didn't see before. So I'd start series one right through to series, you know, four, and yeah. then I'd start it again. I'd watch it again the week after, and I'd note down, all right, yep, there's this, there's the woodland. Um, obviously, you've got to carry people up hills, yeah. so that was one of the biggest things. Um, I've got a friend who three days a week would we just I says, right, well, we're, we're going to go training round Leeds, go up and down these these hills. Um, so the advice I will give is the torture they give you is, is um, sort of mimicked each series. Yeah. So for you to be tortured less, get conditioned to that sort of stuff. Definitely. So w- wear boots everywhere. Get used to wearing boots everywhere because it, once your feet go, which mine luckily didn't, but a few other people did, once your feet go, your fitness, it doesn't matter how fit you are, your feet will be on your mind all the time that you have massive blisters and it's hurting. So do you run in any, however hot it is outside run in heavy boots with, with weight on your back so that your body's conditioned to doing that all the time. Um, and definitely running up hills with people, put someone on your back, go up the hills and keep progressing more and more and more. Um, but water is obviously a big aspect of them all as well. Yeah. So try, I don't think anybody can ever, even Wim Hof, I don't think you can ever not feel the cold of water. Mm-hmm. You can just convince yourself that you've done it before. Yeah. So this same as you, I went up in an um, in a outdoor swimming um place just up near me, in this um it's a quarry that's filled with water. And they do like um, training and stuff. So it's the first time I've ever done it. Went in there freezing. Everybody else is in wetsuits. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to go in my shorts. Yeah. Because I'm not going to get a wetsuit on the program. No. So everybody was thinking I was a right nutcase. But when it got to the program, although it's still painful to get in the water, it's more of a mental thing that you think, I've done this before. It's all right. Yeah, um, awesome. So con- I would say just conditioning yourself so that when you're mentally faced with a task of doing something, it doesn't hit you mentally that bad because you think I've done this before.
0: Yeah. I've amazing.
1: To, you know, what, what about that? the old
0: stress positions? They always look at uh, something you can't practice.
1: Honestly, Curtis, that was by far the worst and most hardest point of the entire program. Wow. It is unbelievably excruciating. Um, and so much so, not only from a mental and physical point of view, but people were coming out a bit deformed. So we were, we were part of a group and we were getting pictures of chiropractors and stuff, putting people back together because of these stress positions. So you sat cross-legged on a cold, stone-cold floor with your, with your arms behind your, your head like this. And the second, honestly, after about 15 seconds, you just think, oh, you, you just come forward a little bit someone comes behind you, puts the knee in your back, pulls it, pulls your elbow wow, back. Yeah. So there's the physical aspect of not having any rest whatsoever, but then the mental aspect of, you know that you're never going to get a break. Yeah. So when you're getting interrogated, it's the best feeling. I so bet when someone it, yeah. stands you up and walks you out, you think, oh, I, I'm going to talk to this person for as long as possible because yeah. it keeps me away from the stress positions. But oh. um, I don't know if you've, You've seen all the ones, um, there's, there's other podcasts and stuff that I did where I spoke about mentally how, how I got through that. Um, yeah. was it the, the with the film? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the one with Anthony McLean. Um, when she was interviewing me and she said, How do you not think about like the babies crying and it's like pigs squealing and then drills, uh, and just people screaming in general, and then also people messing with you? So T- tapping your goggles and all yeah. that sort of stuff um how do you get through it you've got to go somewhere else Definitely. so yeah i started watching transformers that's amazing like, start yeah. to finish <laughs> that's <awesome. laughs> started, started watching that from start to finish and before you know it you know you can start hearing people slightly like like crying and stuff and saying i'm done i'm done and it sort of gives you motivation when the more and more people you can see are quitting So it's to go somewhere else, really, and just take your mind somewhere else. How how long do them stress positions last? The stress positions, I honestly can't tell you. Wow. we were being tortured and being interrogated for nearly 14 hours. Wow. So we were on the run for 24 hours, and it was my team. We had such a good team. It wasn't that much to do with me, to be honest with you. We just had some some great team members, and we had Carla, who was... um, great navigator so our team we were team bravo i think we got to the naffy we got to the to the rendezvous point so we had the most time away from being tortured whereas the others got caught a few hours earlier than us so that means they were being tortured for a longer period so we must have been on the rung for close to 24 hours without any sleep and then you get tortured for you know 14 hours and when they took the hoods off of us and it was us four left, and it was light. You just don't know where you are. You don't know what day it is. Everything's just all. You're just not sure what's going on, but you're just thinking about staying alive. Like you just want, you just want to keep strong and stay alive. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was close to fourteen hours, um, and they would have gone on for longer, but they started pulling people off when Ellie. One of the sisters, yeah. she started developing onset of hypothermia. Yeah, and I think the medical officer was just like, "Listen, people are going to get you know seriously hurt here." So I think they, they cut it short at fourteen hours. I think they wanted to go longer than that. Wow. So um,
0: yeah, for the worst.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really really tough. Is that and I, your muscles are just so depleted by then that i don't think there's any way you can train for that apart from just training your mind to go somewhere else that, yeah. that's the advice i would give
0: brutal well honestly mate everything you've told me today although it sounds brutal i will still be auditioning i just wanted to be part <laughs> of that and who knows maybe one day there'll be a winner's meeting and i might even get to meet you
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> honestly mate i'm about.
0: so proud of what you did you did amazing on the show and i really appreciate your time today telling us all your stories and stuff
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Curtis. No, thanks very much for listening. And I would just keep, say, keep trying, keep trying. I can't wait to see you winning it one day. Yeah,
0: well, honestly, I'll, I, I hope that happens one day. But um, just for all the listeners out there, um, where can everybody follow you and sort of track your progress since
1: the show? Yep, so Instagram is probably the best thing. Um, so it's, it's just at James Priestley. I think it's James underscore Priestley. um follow me on there i I don't post too much stuff but i'm gonna do a big post tomorrow about something that i wanted to do last year but i wasn't able to do it so i want to be setting new things each year now although ses is unbelievable such a great part of my life has changed me forever you know you come out a different person you see things differently things that you used to bother you before don't bother you anymore you know you're a new person it will always be part of my life but it's just one of those things that I've done that year now I want to do a big thing every year that's gonna test me and and hopefully inspire people who think that things are impossible that actually it can be done you know I'm just an average bloke I'm just an average bloke just just doing stuff everybody can do it you've just got to change the way you look at it so I would say yeah Instagram to check out what's going on and tomorrow so friday i'm going to do a post and hopefully it'll show people what we've been planning for a while
0: awesome mate! love that and love your attitude i'm so like you say you are the perfect candidate and rightly so you won the show so um i I wish more people could obviously take inspiration from this i certainly have um but like i said appreciate your time mate hopefully the listeners really enjoyed this one uh and yeah thanks everyone for listening make sure you're giving this podcast a five-star rating because it definitely deserves it just for his torture <laughs> alone um,
1: but yeah <laughs> mate it. honestly appreciate your time no my pleasure case thanks so much mate awesome to talk to you
0: you too